there, I question, how did it happen? Because when I look at it again, I could see the red flags were there. It feels as though something took over, you know. In this My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, we delve into the world of crypto scams, which seem to be mushrooming everywhere, despite the repeated warnings from our authorities. How do the scams work? How do people get lured into parting with their hard-earned cash? And is this the work of an organized criminal syndicate? This journey started for me when I received a direct message on Twitter from Sapiso, a victim of one of these scams, who lost her entire retrenchment package in just one week. It was her voice you heard at the beginning of this podcast, and she has very bravely agreed to share her story. After posting some tweets warning followers of the scam, I was contacted by Jean Leroux, a disinformation researcher for the Digital Forensic Research Lab. He offered to look into the social media posts of these scammers and has managed to link them to a network of around 300 fake Twitter accounts. They wanted to join a, a WhatsApp or a Telegram group with a number that they provide. Mm. The number that he's given me is a US-based number, but I've got a suspicion that this might be a Google Voice or one of these a US voice over IP numbers. It's not actually his uh, US-based number. It's a IP number that you can buy for a dollar a month. As these scams all center around using digital currency platform Luno to transfer money, I also invited Marius Rates, Luno's general manager for Africa, to speak to us as well. I wanted to know why Luno cannot just trace these funds. I also wanted to highlight other scams I've come across, which include criminals pretending to be the actual Luno platform. A person approaches you directly via social media, step away. Let's start by hearing from Sapiso to gain some understanding of how you get caught by these scammers and how smart they are at playing with your emotions, dangling the prospect of big money to make your brain switch off. So this is what happened. Um, I'm part of a work group on Telegram, right? So I was recently uh, retrenched due to COVID-19. So we had a group where we were helping each other find jobs. So we had um, a guy who's an admin and who was part of the union. So this guy posted um, the, the investment package on the group. And it was there for, I think, for almost a month. And, you know, I kept on ignoring it. And then I went to his personal account. And I asked him, what is this? How legit is it? Have you tried it? And he said to me, I'm in a process of trying it, my, but my cousin has done it before and he was able to withdraw a lot of money from this investment. So I was like, okay, I mean, if someone has withdrawn money from it, then it should be genuine. And he said, yes, these guys are actually very good. I've heard about them and they're actually very good. So you can give it a try. Can I just and ask you there, who was them? So what were they calling themselves at this stage? They were calling themselves Digital Stock Exchange. Yes. So what this guy did was he said to me, let me add you onto their group. And then I was like, okay, sure, go ahead. He did that. And as I was on the group, right, I realized the first thing I saw, they had over 11,000 group members, right? And to me, that was like, okay, they have so many customers. This should be genuine. 
Then um, I started seeing screenshots of people making withdrawals, sharing their testimonies. Well, it's fake testimonies, but testimonials, but it seemed as though it was genuine. It was legit. You only realized so, afterwards that they were fake. At the time, you believed yes, they were real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I only realized afterwards when I actually even went to Google and I could see that those screenshots are actually on Google. So basically, they were downloading those pictures and then posted them, posting them on the group. You know, And then there's a guy by the name of Richard Dennis who said that if you are a new member in this group, can you please contact me privately? So I then went to his private account and I asked him to explain to me what is happening. And then he asked me, who was your referral? I gave, I gave him the name and he said, oh, okay, fine. And then he said to me, okay, this is the process. You start with $300, okay? And then I said, okay, I'm in South Africa. We are using rents. And then he said, no, don't worry, I'll do a conversion for you. And then I said, okay, no problem. He said, when you start with this money, within seven days, you will start earning profits. Okay. And then I asked him, how do we earn profit? And then he said he's a professional trader. So he trades for a lot of people. And obviously, he uses Bitcoin as a form of payment. He asked me, do you have a Luno account? And I said, yes, I do have a Luno account, but I do not have funds in that account. He said to me, okay, deposit some money into your account. And then here's um, a company's wallet address. Send me Bitcoin worth $300. Then we can take it from there. Then I thought to myself, okay, fine. I did exactly what he asked me to do. And I sent the, the Bitcoin. Then later on, he came back to me and he said to me, you know what? I've started trading with your money already. And it's actually doing very well on the trading system. So now I just need you to upgrade so that you can make even more return on investment. Okay. And then I asked him, how much is the upgrade fee? He then said, it's $700. He did a conversion for me. And I actually sent the Bitcoins again. Okay, fine. We were done for that day. And then he told me, okay, now I have to help other clients. I'll speak to you tomorrow. And then I'll give you a feedback as to what's happening. Cool. The following day, he comes back and he says to me, okay, now we need you to pay a recommitment fee. This means that when you get your withdrawal, you have another investment going on. So meaning that when I withdraw, there has to be an investment running. So he basically said that would be my second investment. And I asked him how much it is, and he said $1,100. So it keeps going up and up and up because they've got up you on the hook. They've got you on the hook yeah. now, and now they're, they're trying to see how much can they get from you. From yeah. so and actually I started sending that money obviously via Bitcoin and then I went to the guy who referred me to these guys and I said to him you know what um, there's something I do not understand I was never told upfront to pay so much money why do they keep on adding money he said to me don't worry I'll speak to them these guys are actually good 
my cousin made a lot of money from these guys. So don't give up. I'll speak to them and I'll come back to you, right? But in the meantime, just comply with what they are saying because they're actually really good and people are making money off this investment company. Then I said to him, okay, it's fine. You can speak to them, then I'll hear from you, right? Okay. On the same day, later on, that guy, um, Dennis Richards, the one who's the admin for the investment company, he comes back to me and he says to me, okay, now we need you to pay a withdrawal fee. Okay. He says, okay, all looks well now. You've done a recommitment. You've upgraded. Now we need you to pay a withdrawal fee. I then said to him, how about you use the money on the trading platform for that withdrawal fee? And then you give me what is left. And he said, no, when the money is on the withdrawal um, trading platform, I cannot touch it. I can only trade. The only person who will have access to it is you. You will be the one who will have access to withdraw it, right? Then I thought to myself, I mean, I'm already in deep. Let me just pay the withdrawal. How much have you paid by now? You've paid, losing count, $2,100 or so. Yeah, because I paid $300, I paid $700, and then I paid $1.1, Then he says to me, okay, the withdrawal fee is now $2,000, okay? So I said to him, okay, this is a lot of money. It is way too much. I do not have that much money. And because I obviously thought it was genuine, I even disclosed to this guy that, you know what, I'm using my retrenchment package. This is the money I got from work. This is the only money I have, you know. So I do not have that much money. And then he said to me, do you want to forfeit your investment? And I said to him, no, I do not want to forfeit, but then I do not have that money. He then started sending me pictures, you know, there was my name there and everything. And he said, look at your investment. It is sitting on $20,000. Do you want to forfeit this investment? You know, and it really, the system really looked genuine. It even had graphs on it. You know, it showed how much you already invested, how much you're going to get. And there was my name over there. And I said to him, you know what, $20,000 in my currency, that's a lot of money. I do not want to forfeit. And then he said to me, pay the withdrawal fee. And I actually did pay the withdrawal fee. So you're now down $3,100. Yes. Then he said to me, okay, wait for it to reflect on the system. And then I said to him, all right, it's fine. I'll wait for it. Then we were done for that day. The following day, because this thing started on the 3rd, if not the 4th, the 3rd of March, up until the 8th, I was I kept on putting in money. So it didn't happen in one day. The following day, he comes back. He says to me, we need a reflection fee. And I asked him, what is a reflection fee? He's saying that on the trading platform, the money is no longer reflecting. So we need money so that it can reflect on the trading platform and so that I can have access to it. And I asked him, how much is that? 
And then he says to me, Three, uh, three thousand four hundred. Yeah, because he's going up and up and up. Yeah. Then oh, I say to shit. him, yeah, and then I say to him, let me go and check on the system because he said it's not reflecting because now we need funds. So I go on the system and guess what? On the system where I registered on their website, it shows zero zero. And then he says to me, you see, it's showing zero, zero because there's no reflection fee. If you can pay this reflection fee, then it will reflect and you will be able to withdraw. Then I tried to put money into my Luna account. Can I just ask a question there quickly? You said you went onto the website, which website? Um, www.ifxtradingsignal.com. And that's where supposedly your account is. Yes, that is where okay. my account is. Mm. Okay. So now I checked there and I realized, okay, there's zero, zero. Let me pay the outstanding balance. I pay. And then as I'm about to pay, the Luna, my Luna account tells me that I've exceeded the limit. So Basically, I had a restriction of a certain amount of money I can send, right? Then I tell this guy, I can no longer send money because of my Luna account. And then he says to me, don't worry, there's another platform called AltTrader, mm -hmm. Altcoin Trader. Mm -hmm. How about you use that one? And I said, actually, I once downloaded it, but I haven't used it. Let me try. I go there. Can I ask you just something? At this point, are you wondering whether this is legit or not? At what point is, have you started to get worried? At that point, I was getting worried, but... Um, You're like, what I do I do? What, yeah, what distracted me the most was when I asked the guy who referred me, and he said they're actually good. And this guy I trusted because when we were going through the retrenchment process, that guy was actually helping us. So I thought to myself, if this guy can help us with issues of work, I doubt this guy can, can scam me. You get mm. what I'm saying? Mm. Yes. Mm. So I was like, okay, this doesn't really make sense. But now already I've put so much money in there. And they are telling me I'm going to forfeit the investment. So I go to Outcon Trader. What I do is I start depositing money. Then it tells me that I only have an allowance of 15,000 rents. Mm. I need to level up. Then um, I follow the procedure. They say I must send my PICA documents. So they need a picture of me with my passport or ID, proof of residence, a bank statement, all of, and all of those things. So I did exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, Alcoin is a platform. I mean, it is, is, is it a known platform. Yeah. yeah. So um, I send all of those things and then they tell me it cannot be done immediately. So I have to wait for 24 hours so that they can verify my documents. Okay, fine. I go back to the guy and I tell him, this is the problem I have. I'm being told to wait for 24 hours. And then he says, okay, no problem. It's fine. Wait for that 24 hours. And when you have waited and everything is fine, just let me know. Okay, waited for the 24 hours. 
um, it was approved, it was fine, and then I sent the money. Then later on that day, the guy says to me, congratulations, your investment is sitting on $90,000. Log into the system and withdraw your money. So excited, I go into the system. I do a withdrawal. So what happens is it shows how much I've already invested. So it shows $6,500. And then it shows the um, $90,000 return on investment. Shows my name and everything. I do a withdrawal. It requires me to put my wallet address. I did that. And then it says pending. I go back to him and I tell him it says pending. And then he says, don't worry, just wait for confirmation. It will be fine. I waited overnight. Then the following day, I tell him, but normally when you send money using crypto, it takes less than 24 hours. Why is this keep on pending? Why? And you know what he said to me? He said, put more money. And then at that point, I didn't have more. Mm. And you know, the saddest thing, what he did is he blocked me. He blocked me on the Telegram group. He blocked me on his own personal account on Telegram. Then on that website, there's a live chat. I started speaking to someone there on the live chat. And he said to me, where is your admin? Where is the person that was helping you from Telegram? And I told him he blocked me. And then that person just sent me an emoji, that laughing emoji. And then he told me, just get off the system. And I told him, guys, did you just scam me? And he said, don't use that language in here. So is this the guy who you referred you in the beginning? You communicated no, no, with no. now? Uh, I'm communicating on the on their website. There's a live uh, chat so, uh, on their website. Okay, sorry, website. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's more like something that is there for support. Maybe when mm. you have a problem, yes. So since I was blocked on the Telegram group and I was blocked by that guy Richard Dennis, that's when I went to the live chat and when I asked this guy, "Did you really guys scam me?" Because the way I'm being treated now. It appears as though I have been scammed. Mm. And, you know, he told me, just leave the website. And I said, how can you say that to me? I even sent him a picture. I was crying. And I said, look at what I'm going through. And he sent me a laughing emoji. And he, he told me that they could trace me. So I mustn't even dare say negative things about their company. And as I was about to respond, guess what? I was also blocked from that website. Mm. you know then I went to the guy that referred me and I said to him I have been scammed and he said it's not possible and I told him yes I have been scammed and I'm blocked he then said let me go to the group and ask the guys what's happening he then went to the group and then he came back to me and he showed me a, a screenshot they also blocked him Already, he said he had paid 6,500 rands. He was also blocked. And then he said that we must report the, um, 
the guy and the group as um as a scam on Telegram, which we did, and then um I got a response because when you look up that guy, it says scam, so they blocked it on Telegram, but then they keep on reinventing themselves, opening new groups. Mm. Yes. So I tried to, because there were other people that we were with in the group, I tried to contact those people. And you know, the saddest thing is they are also scammers. Mm. They also blocked me. When I contacted them, they just blocked me. And what I also noticed is, I think they saw me as an easy target. So I feel like they sold my name to other scammers because as from that day, I started getting offers of investment packages from different people, you know. So I think to myself, maybe they were like, okay, this person is an easy target. How about you try? They sold my name. And I kept on blocking these people. There's only one guy who stayed on that group who I alerted and he said to me, he wants to see how these people work. And he's the one who kept on sending me information that they actually changed the group name. And they changed the email addresses. And now the new group that they have no longer has 11,000 followers. It now has 4,000 members. Hmm. So yeah. what is the new name so, of the new one? The name of the new one, it's digital, digital stock trade slash crypto. Hmm. And they'll, they'll, they'll last for like two weeks, take a couple of people and then start again and start again and start again. Yes. Um, this pretty yeah. No. Because I recall when I was communicating with this guy, there was a time where his account got deleted. And I asked him, why did you delete your account? And he said to me, no, there was just a technical problem. And then he started another one. So I'm thinking to myself, after he has done scamming other people, he deletes that account and go by another mm. different name. Um, I think that's the only way I can heal. I know a lot of people were saying, you need to let go, but I feel like there is something I can do. Even if I do not get my money back, but can I at least get justice? Can I at least help the next person? It hurts so much. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Like I do not want anyone else to go through what I went through it really has and I'm thinking to myself you know this was like my last money and it hurt so much because when I asked these people did you scam me and they sent me a laughing emoji it just shows how ruthless they are they just do not care I was very moved by my conversation with Sapiso it definitely gave me some insight into why she kept giving them more money. He was a trusted person who said he knew people who had made money. And I must say, it seems that he has himself been scammed. And often these scamsters will initially pay out to some members in order to gain their trust. And then, of course, once she had put in the money, put in so much money, and was being told that there was this massive lump sum waiting for her. She, she doubted her instincts. She kept thinking, what if this is legit? And I walk away, not only from the windfall, but the money I've already paid in. Now on to my interview with Jean Leroux. As I said earlier, he's a disinformation officer for the Digital Forensic Research Lab, which is a division of a Washington-based think tank called Atlantic Council. 
His job is to understand how social media is used to disseminate false information. He has spent the last two weeks tracking a network of social media accounts, which appear to be working together as part of this crypto scam. I've had a look at the um, some of those tweets. I've actually seen the same kind of responses over the last, say, two or three weeks. Uh, to replies to, for example, News24 and, you know, these popular large following uh, Twitter accounts. And um, I've seen it, but I mean, the, with the kind of work that I do, there's always something else coming along, cropping along. And when I saw those posts of yours, it was just like, you know, this is probably obviously a lot more widespread than than I thought. Um, so I took the, the those tweets that you sent through to me. Uh, I actually took the text from those tweets uh, because you could see it was like a copy and paste job. They were using the same text in various tweets. And then I started, you know, doing searches. We've got access to, you know, brand monitoring and social media listening tools uh, at DFR Lab. I started running searches using that, that text as a keyword. And this then filters any tweets, any social media posts, things from websites and Facebook using that exact term. Um, in its post. And I've actually managed to find that this, the first kind of post coming from, from this network was in September last year. So it's been coming for, for quite a while, but the volumes only kind of picked up from, um, from earlier this year. So from around about January 2021, it started picking up in earnest. I'm assuming it's linked to the spike in, in the Bitcoin price, because now you've got, uh, I know Bitcoin had like a large rally earlier this year. And that's usually because there's a lot, lots of media attention around the increase in the Bitcoin price. That thing gives the, you know, them a very useful tool to incentivize people to, to jump in and join in on this. Um, how this scam works is they reply to large follower Twitter accounts. So they'll target celebrities, they'll target news publications, they will target, um, you know, influencers and local celebrities. And in reply to their posts, they would copy and paste this response that basically it's almost like a mini testimonial saying, you know, I had never trusted any you know, cryptocurrencies until I invested with this user handle. Uh, and since then, I've made X amounts of money. It was actually a copy and paste from, from, from one account to the next. Um, mm. I did find some of the accounts, the uh, Twitter account that they were uh, referencing or that they were you know, kind of referring to would change. So they'd use the same text, but they'd use a different Twitter account as the, you know, the, the one benefiting from the, the referral. Um, but the text itself was exactly the same, even down to spelling mistakes and formatting differences. Um, they, for example, leave a, they wouldn't leave a space between the Twitter handle and the start of the next, um, the next line. So that even drew through across various posts. It's a, clearly that it's a copy and paste job that they were doing. And there were three different terms that they were using this. You mentioned now the, the text. There was actually variations of that text. Um, one mentioned how they, you know, helped investors get some money. Another one actually mentioned uh, rand and cent amounts, uh, saying that they received 50,000 rand after investing 10,000 rand. So there's, um, it's the same MO being used across these three networks, but all of them, they've basically got the same objective in mind. They've got a specific account that they um, almost testimonialize in their replies to these big follower accounts. So they're basically using the, 
the following of this, leveraging that to get this message to a much wider audience than if they just tweeted it themselves. Mm. Look, I get it on my own, uh, you know, on my own uh, social media. They, they jump in on, a, on an article or in a post and they, and they quickly insert one of those things in it. And obviously I go off and I delete them immediately, but, that's, but they're hoping that they will be seen by my followers um, mm. And then, and and so, what is the so people? It's a picture of a lady. It's a how do you know? So how do you find out who's behind these accounts? Um, what I've done is um, because I've I've kind of got the the data. So I've got lots of these tweets, and the tools that we use can sometimes even provide us with tweets that have been deleted or suspended in the meantime because it's a third party that collects and gathers this data. Mm. And I found quite a large portion of the accounts being referred to have been suspended by Twitter. So they, there does seem to be some action being taken against these accounts. But then as they get suspended, they just you know create a new one. Um, I found variations of the same name being used with different spellings and you know moving the surname to the front and the back. So they are trying to circumvent that. And what they then they do is they they take these um uh, accounts, you know, give them a profile that seems to be like a, a legitimate trader. They use a profile picture from somebody that they picked up on Instagram or on, on Facebook. Uh, I found one guy that's a, a UK-based day trader whose profile and company is being used. Uh, there's another guy that's based in California who's also he's also day trader. His Instagram profile is being harvested like this. And then they use these so photos. It's not, they him. Pictures. it's not him. It's, it's, it's not him, no. They're just using his pictures. It's Dennis or something. Um, yes, the, I think the name is Dennis Williams. But the, Dennis Williams, the individual yeah. himself is a, is a Seamus guy from, or Seamus at least, from, from the UK. Yeah. So and, Dennis Williams, it's interesting. Or, or, um, I'm referring now to the conversation I had with, with one of the victims um, on, on a telegram, uh, which we'll talk about just now, the telegram um, uh, scam. Um, it was Richard Dennis and this guy, the, the one on social media is Dennis Williams. So it's, it's a similar, you know, using both of them, yes. like Richard Dennis, Dennis Williams, those are all names that could, they're just inverting them, but it's probably the same people. Exactly. Yes. Hmm. So they, what they do is that they use these existing people. I mean, these day traders have got their profiles. They've got their social media profiles showing off their, their cars and the offices in which they work in and the shoes and the, the clothes that they wear. So it gives this impression of success. They, they basically steal these people's identities, for, for lack of a better word, creates this persona called Dennis Williams that appears to be a, a successful day trader. But once you actually start digging into the Twitter account itself, you can find all the historic traces of the account, which links back um, in all of the cases that I've looked at so far to Uganda. So the accounts, uh, it's not sure, I'm not sure whether they were um, hacked or whether this is the original owners of the accounts that are actually um, engaging in this behavior. It, in, both, in both instances are equally possible. But what, what, what they've basically done is they've taken their old Ugandan accounts, renamed it, uh, used these profile pictures and the bio entries from these day trader accounts, and then presents that as a legitimate Bitcoin investor. Mm -hmm. And they then use these accounts to, um, you know, or these, these accounts are used. They use other accounts to funnel people to these persona accounts that they've created. So they basically created two networks. There's the kind of the, the legitimate seeming trading accounts that they use to, you know, 
give the impression of success and lure people in. And then they've got this network of testimonial accounts that just spam replies to large following accounts to get people to notice the the day trading accounts. It's kind of the the entry mm. point for the scam. What is the end game? So they they then get you to respond, and then they say invest, and where put, and then do they ask you to to, to send them Bitcoin? Generally, how do you know where it goes from there? I mean, how do they they convert that into getting money from you? Uh, I've, I've actually been engaging with one of them on a, I've got a, a, a few kind of sock puppet accounts that I use to do investigation mm. work. So I've actually been engaging with one of them on that. And I mean, the, the entire rhetoric that they use is, it's very emotional. It's like, you know, you know, you're the man of the house. You need to provide for your family. If you invest with us, I can take that money and I can make it more. And you'll be able to look after your kids and your wife. And you might be able to get a second wife. You know, it's that kind of, you know, playing into, you know, the tropes on the one side of being the man of the house and needing to provide. And at the same time, also, you know, pulling on those emotional strings to get you to invest. And I mean, from there, it's it's basically like most scams. They, As you mentioned now, they, they kind of get you to invest a little bit. And as you become more and more invested, you're willing to invest even more to kind of get your money back. You'll, you'll still be thinking to yourself, I've already spent you know, five, 6,000 Rand, what's another thousand to add onto this? From what I've seen, I haven't got to that point yet with, with my guy, is they, they want you to join a, a WhatsApp or a Telegram group with a number that they provide. Mm. The number that he's given me is a US-based number, but I've got a suspicion that this might be a Google Voice or one of these a US Voice over IP numbers. It's not actually his... Uh, US-based number. It's a IP number that you can buy for a dollar a month um, in the US. Mm. So they use that, get you to join on Telegram, get you to join on WhatsApp. And then from there, they start asking you to provide details. You know, this is where you can register and buy Bitcoin, likely using something like Luno or Binance or one of the legitimate exchanges. And then they'll provide you with a wallet address to send the money to. And that's where you kind of lose your investment because the moment you pass it over to them, they've got access to it. They've got control and there's no way you're going to get that money back. If they were just using Telegram or WhatsApp, how would they find, would that be through a friend? That would have to be through a contact. For so them like to, a referral. To up, like a referral. So I think that the social media aspect is almost just like a mass marketing tool that they're using to you know, get it to as many eyeballs as possible. Mm. Um, I mean, from, from the point where, um, you know, it gets into a Telegram or a WhatsApp group. Then it's almost like a classic Ponzi scheme, you know, taking money. Um, they might even show people, you know, your, your, your investment has grown. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually pay people an increased investment in an effort to get them to reinvest more, which is that's kind of like the classic Ponzi scheme. Hmm. Um, while at the same time taking money from elsewhere and kind of building up this portfolio and hmm. reinvesting continuously. But the moment it gets to that stage, then it's then it's almost a kind of a classic scam. The social media aspect is mainly used for for the marketing side, getting people to engage with these uh, persona accounts, uh, which then funnels them to the WhatsApp groups and the, the Telegram groups. What is clear from John's investigation is that this is cross border. These criminals are not living down the road. You can't find them. So once the money is gone, it's gone. Even Sabiso tried to report this to the police to get a case number, and they didn't even know what she was talking about. They wouldn't even take her statement. 
So is there some way that the digital platforms like Luno can somehow shut down this stuff? You know, are there ways that they can help people identify these scams? This is what I discussed with Marius Reitz, Luno's GM for Africa. Hi, Maya. Thanks for having me um, on your podcast today. Luno is a cryptocurrency uh, platform. Uh, we make it easy for, for people in, in South Africa and in other parts of the world um, to use their local currency, be it brands, be it Nigerian Naira, Ugandan shillings, or any of the other global currencies, um, to use their local currency to buy certain cryptocurrencies. Um, so we have a mobile application. We also have a website. People can sign up. But the main important thing is that we encourage people to do it themselves. We're not regulated in terms of the FCA or in terms of any other reserve bank regulations at this point. Um, we can't give financial advice. Um, and I think that is where a lot of the confusion sits. Um, um, and, and, you know, as, as we know, we, we've seen an increase in scams and, and we've seen people posing as Luna agents or Luna employees, uh, people guaranteeing fixed returns to people. Um, but, you know, we've since, since that one been saying, do it yourself. If you're interested in buying cryptocurrency, interested to learn more, then come to Luna, um, open your account, start by buying 10 rands worth of Bitcoin. You don't have to buy, you don't have to buy a minimum amount. Um, you, you don't have to you know, keep your Bitcoin for a set period. Start small, buy 10 rands worth of Bitcoin um, and, and, and then learn. Okay, so, I mean, Maris, I think you've, you've expanded really, really well. And um, I mean, I certainly have an account at Luna, as you may know. <laughs> so, um, but what, of course, we wanted to chat about specifically is that, that point that you've just made, that people think they have some idea what Bitcoin is, enough to get them in trouble. And what I mean by that is they read about it on Facebook, on Twitter. Someone says to them, you can make millions through Bitcoin. Give your money to me and I will make, make the money for you. And that's where we land up with uh, situations like um, Sapiso, who we've heard from earlier in this podcast. So how are the kinds of scams, what are the scams that you are seeing coming up? So, you know, some of the most you know, prevalent scams we've seen today, you know, firstly, an increase in social media scams. Um, and that is when someone contacts you in social media, you know, offering you a big return in a short space of time. Um, now, and I think the most important thing there, you know, is that, you know, when a person approaches you directly via social media, step away. Now, whether it's a Luna employee, a Luna agent, and by the way, we, we, we've got our team in Captain in Johannesburg, um, but we don't have salespeople. We don't have people going around trying to sign up customers uh, individually, uh, people trying to recruit people. Now, so if someone poses as a Luna agent or employee, step away, immediately you know, um, step away, or any other person for that matter. No one should reach, should approach you directly. You don't see someone from the bank Send you sending you a message on, on Instagram. You don't see someone from uh, investment managers reaching out to you on Telegram, you know, asking you to invest money. So don't do it with crypto as well. I mean, I think um, it's such a... People so get added... Yeah, so, but Mario, no. it's such a brilliant point you've just made there. I think people don't process that. Like, what other legitimate investment do you know does this? So so why yeah. are you are you believing are you believing these people? Um, I think, sorry, I just want to... Because I yeah. think that is such a valid point. Um, you know, if it's coming through social media, or you just some lucky person that they've identified that they want to share their joy with, you know, that's what people think. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's very difficult because um, you, you often hear um, businesses, whether it's banks, whether it's cryptocurrency 
companies, whether it's investment companies, um, you know, telling their customers or people, do your own research. You know, do your own research, this and that. But you know, when you don't have a financial background, um, you don't, you know, you maybe don't even have a monthly budget. Um, you know, then and, and then most people won't know what to look out for. What you know, what does it entail? So, you know, a couple of things that that you know, as I just mentioned, you know, walk away when someone sends you a direct message via social media. Um, if you can add it to a chat group, um, step away. Um, our information is public. So our email addresses, our names and surname, our cell phone numbers, you know, gets used by telemarketers 24 7. Um, and, and so the information is out there. So you have to be very, very careful. When you get added to a chat group, whether it's on uh, um, WhatsApp, whether it's on Telegram, whether it's on Facebook Messenger, you didn't join that group, then immediately leave it. Um, so, so as simple as that. When people offer you guaranteed profit, it's not possible. Um, as I said earlier, no, the Bitcoin price isn't guaranteed to go up. The Bitcoin price will go down, and many people burn their fingers that way. So it's not possible to earn a guaranteed return. Um, what we're also seeing is uh, different types of fees. So, so people um, you know, uh, uh, get sucked into this scam, and then the scammers come with different requests, and pay this cost of transfer or pay this fee. Those are not terms that's associated with banks, with investment managers, and with cryptocurrency platforms. You don't pay a cost of transfer. You don't pay a reflection fee You know when you want to send money from point A to point B. So it's not something that exists. The thing else we've seen is um, you know, phishing, you know, phishing incidents. So, so that is when someone sends you a, or you receive an SMS, you know, seemingly from Luno or from your bank, saying that um, you have to verify your information to prevent your account from being um, deleted or from being disabled. I get um, those every day. And then day. people click on that link. Every day, I must tell you. Yeah, no, same here. I, I, I received a Luna phishing SMS yesterday, you know, and, and each time I receive the SMS, I just think how many people clicked on this on this link and, and went on to try and verify the details. It's, 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 it's scary. So what happens, you click on that link, it takes you to another website. The website seems legit. You know, it's got the Luna logo on there, it's got your, your own bank's logo on there. But if you look closely, you will see that they typically make grammar errors. They typically, if you look at the URL at the top, the URL being um, www.luna.com, you will see that there's a dash or there's a different uh, you know, wording there. Will ever send you an SMS asking you to verify your information? Never. You will receive transactional messages saying, um, you know, you've transacted to inform you, um, or they will send you a one-time PIN maybe, um, but they will never ask you to click on a link and, and enter your ID number or enter this or that or details. So that's the first thing. Secondly, always check the URLs. Check that you are on the legitimate Luna website, luna.com, um, you know, bank.com. And then, you know, something else you can do to safeguard your account is, most platforms will give you the option to enable one-time pins or to enable two-factor authentication, which is just a more fancy way of receiving a one-time pin. Um, that gives you an extra layer of security. So even when someone gets access to your username and your password, um, they before they um, transact on your account, before they buy Bitcoin or they send out Bitcoin, um, you know, um, they'll be requested to enter that unique one-time pin. You know, that's generated through an application or an app on your cell phone. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that just adds a, a, you know, an additional layer 
Unfortunately, you know, most people must still figure out how to install a 2FA app. What is a 2FA app? Because we, we just, you know, we, we used to one-time pins. And then as I mentioned earlier, you know, if you don't intend on transacting with Bitcoin, you know, if you intend to buy it, you know, a fraction because you want to diversify, or you're curious and you want to learn more, you just want to buy a little bit and know all the day, disable sense. You don't, you don't have to send the Bitcoin anywhere if you don't have if that's not your intention. So go into security and do that. Disable sense. And then the process, you know, to enable it, you know, firstly, there's a 24-hour delay and you have to verify certain information, enter one-time pin, et cetera, et cetera. So again, it just adds that, that additional layer of security. And then lastly, if you receive any of these links, if you receive an SMS, um, you know, with a link saying, click here to do this or that, um, then you can forward that link to um, phishing at uno.com, P-H-I-S-I-N-G at uno.com. Our security team will receive that, that, that link. And what we do is we use a third-party provider again. They receive that link and they then go through a process to report that and have that fake website taken down. So, Marius, I want to ask you, going back to um, Sapiso's experience, so she now has the wallets that she was transferred money to. You've got So those addresses, what do people do? Okay, one, they've, now they've realized they've been scammed. Or maybe they've realized before they've even been scammed, but they now have this wallet address. Can they notify Luno immediately? And what would Luno do with that information? What can you do with that information? Yeah. So Maya, if, if, you, if you willingly send Bitcoin from, let's say, Luno to another um, cryptocurrency wallet, you've maybe enabled sends on your Luno account, you're operating your own account, you know, but, but you've sent the Bitcoin yourself from your account to someone else. There's, there's no way for that payment to be reversed. You know, so unfortunately, and, and that's why we warn people before they initiate the payment, payment cannot be reversed. Um, so so in, in that case, it's very difficult. So what we can do in that case is we can flag that receiving address that, 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 that received that Bitcoin. Um, and so, so we can flag that for future you know, payments. So we can take it as a scam on our end and, and that notifies us that that's a, a scam, you know, it's a scam address or it's used by a scammer. Um, you know, so, so if, if you, if you, you know, um, if you got scammed, um, you, you're not aware that you in the process of being scammed, you receive a transactional email. So email from Luna saying, hey, um, we're confirming your transaction or you're about to transact sending X, you know, five Bitcoin to this address. You're not aware of that. So someone else is operating your account. So a lot of people, unfortunately, share their login details with the scanner. So, so the scanner would tell them, uh, no, install this app, create, you know, uh, create the account and go through the verification process and then send me your username and password. So someone else would operate your account. So in that case, when you receive the email notification, seeing your transaction, you have the option at the bottom of the email to say, report this as a suspicious activity that goes directly to our financial crime team, or you have the option to lock your account. So if you lock your account, um, you know, that transaction that's in process will, will, be, will be stopped essentially. And Lino's customer support team in that case must contact you uh, in order to unlock your account, reset your password, create a new to open, et cetera. So, so that's, that's, that's the process uh, more or less. But unfortunately, when someone um, you know, is operating their own account, it's like someone EFT money from their account willingly to a, a random person that they don't know. And in some cases, you know, for the, for the bank system, it's not possible to just reverse that payment. And, you know, and in the crypto world, transactions cannot be reversed. 
So, but what, what obviously what's very, what is very important is if you are a victim, you can at least stop mm. other victims by immediately notifying Luna of that address. You guys can then actually, because I think you've mm. done that already for one of the people that I sent through to you. Um, mm. You know, you can immediately flag that address and say, warning, this is considered a, a scam address so at least it'll stop future people if you can't get it back but i you know i get told well you know it's a blockchain right so you could follow it to its nth degree is there no ability of of the platforms working together because let's be honest these scammers mm. are undermining luna um people think i mean i've got mm. a, a a follower who thinks that luna has stolen his money and i'm really struggling to explain to him that it's not luna who's got his money because it was a scam mm. um and you can see from i've sent you the screenshots they have faked the luna uh, logos they've done all sorts of things mm. it's undermining the legitimacy of of the cryptocurrency genuine cryptocurrency platforms so is there no way that you can work together to actually track these wallets and identify mm. who, you know where where they're coming from yeah, so technology is improving. So um, you know, five years ago, you know, it, it you know it wouldn't have been possible to track a transaction to its end destination and see exactly to which exchange the payment was sent. But technology has improved over the last couple of years, and to an extent that we you know we we track each and every incoming transaction, so we can see when when someone received the payment from another cryptocurrency platform, whether it's local or international, and when someone sends cryptocurrency from you know elsewhere. Um, we can see whether that cryptocurrency landed on uh, you know, an exchange in the US, an exchange in South Africa, and an exchange's name. So in some cases, we've been able to work with that platform and to report it and have them freeze that account so that we can recover the funds. Some of these scammers don't use exchanges. Um, they, they will create an exchange account, but then they will send the crypto to another private Bitcoin wallet. Um, mm. And in that case, uh, it's operated by an individual. It's not hosted on an exchange. And in that case, it's, it's almost impossible to, to, to recover the money. Mm. It will assist law enforcement. So, so we've shared the, the flow of funds and the trail and how the payments are between different exchanges with law enforcement. And, mm. and in the US, they've been very successful in the past in successfully um, resolving these cases and identifying the, the scammers and, and, and then locking them up. So the technology is improving. Um, and, and, and we're seeing law enforcement agencies in some markets, US and ESA to some extent, starting to look into the technology and how it can assist them in, in investigating some of these cases. What is difficult though, is when someone uh, you know, walks into a police station saying, I got scammed. Um, and, 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 and then there's a policeman um, somewhere, let's say in the Northern Cape, and, and they've got no idea um, what cryptocurrency is and how they have to investigate this case. So, so that, is, that is very, very difficult. And we've, so, so we've hosted training sessions you know, with law enforcement in certain regions in the Western Cape, in the Eastern Cape, hoping that the processes of information will flow down from detective level down to individual police station level. But it, it's, 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 it's very difficult. So we, we have a process when, um, when someone you know, got scammed or when there's an investigator approaching them saying, please give us the information of the Lino account that scammed with this person. Unfortunately, because of you know, privacy um, and, and, and customer confidentiality, we can't just hand out ID documents left, right and center to people requesting it. It has to come from law enforcement, from another SA agency requesting the information in order for you to be able to, um, to share that. But we cooperate, we've assisted the SA police in, in, in many cases. Um, we've assisted liquidators of Ponzi schemes um, with tracking the flow of Bitcoin from you know, to other platforms um, and to other wallets and, and to also to identify the people behind those wallets. Mm -hmm. 
Now, um, when, when someone signs up on Luna, we, we, we take their ID details, we take a selfie, we take the, the address, we also scan the, the information through international sanction, sanction lists, we scan the information through international terror financing lists. So we, we've got information about that person and, and, and we've shared that information with law enforcement agencies in ESA and abroad uh, multiple times over the past. She has gone to the police and she had exactly that experience where the police said, we don't even know what a crypto mm-hmm. is. Is she, does she have the opportunity, like, are you able then anyway on the strength of this to take those wallets, addresses, because they are being used, um, no doubt, mm. to scam many people and, you know, and, and actually try and start some sort of investigation? I mean, how does one, mm. you know, take this forward? Yeah, so, so our, our financial investigations team will then go and they will first identify how many other Luna customers sent Bitcoin to this specific address. Um, in the example that you, that you shared, with me, the one address received, I think, six or seven payments from Luna clients, and the other one received 20 to 30 payments from Luna clients. So that's, um, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, not a lot. And it's not enough for, you know, to, without being notified by a client, to say, this is definitely a scam address and proactively stop that. But as soon as we receive the information from the customer and our financial client can investigate and they can see these customers send Bitcoin from their wallets to, to this address, and they can form a trend, then that receiving Bitcoin address can be uh, can flagged and it can be blacklisted and to prevent other Luna clients from, from pulling into the same trap. Unfortunately, what happens is these scammers will create new accounts on new on other cryptocurrency platforms or they will just shift the flow of money from Luna to one of the other cryptocurrency platforms in South Africa. So now I think it's important that there is some level of coordination between the financial uh, sector, so from banks, and between all the other cryptocurrency exchanges as well, to try and share uh, topologies, share a specific you know, scam accounts so that we can block them out across platforms. I think what will potentially, you know, it won't, it's not the silver bullet, but when we reach a point of regulation and, and we uh, cryptocurrency platforms can apply for FSP licenses, it will make it a bit easier for consumers and you know, potential investors or the public to identify a licensed platform from an you know, unlicensed, non-licensed platform. And, and, and that way, you know, be the first flag to say, I can't invest this because it's not licensed. But at this point, that's not the case. So people have to, you know, ask the questions. Do not engage with anybody on social media. Do not engage anybody on WhatsApp and Telegram groups. Mm-hmm. Just open, if you're going to open an account, do it directly with luno.com. Make sure you type in the address. Um, yeah, and, and and just don't click on any of the links that get sent to you for verification. So I think that's probably the only way to sum it up. Yeah, and, and, and lastly, never ever invest your, your pension or invest your final bit of life savings into probably any investment, um, you know, for that matter. If you depend on that money in you know, to pay school fees or if you depend on that money to buy, to put, to put food on the table, then don't invest it in high-risk thing, in high-risk investment. Um, and, and just, just don't do that. So, but no, you're right. It's this is going to be a coordinated approach across um, you know, regulators, across financial institutions, across cryptocurrency platforms, across um, um, some of the other cryptocurrency enthusiasts. We have to create awareness, and and we you know, you know, we'll, we'll over the next couple of weeks, um, you know, also embark on a, on a campaign to educate people in certain segments, people that's most prone to to being scammed. Mm. So it's an ongoing process. Um, and you know it's a battle that we will we will have to continue with. So I think really to sum up what Marius was saying 
is that the key is it's very unlikely once you've been defrauded that you're going to get your money back. But the key is to take action quickly. Notify Luno, your bank, try and lodge a case with the police. You may not get your money back, but you at least help prevent another victim. The information that I've already handed to him in um, Tapiso's case and also another case that I'd received, they took that immediately and they stopped those wallets. Uh, of course, they can't get Spencer's money back, but at least that wallet has been closed down. And I also just want to mention, I, I, I in the podcast, you heard me referring to... Um, another person who was a victim where uh, people were, were impersonating Luno. And I've come across now Facebook pages. There's a Facebook page called Luno Investments. Um, and it's claiming to be Luno. And it's asking people to go onto Telegram and WhatsApp. The minute you are asked to go onto a WhatsApp group, onto a chat group, you've got to know this is a scam. Now, the main aim of this podcast has been to give you a real insight into how these scams work. So you're not fooled by them that you don't believe these fake testimonies and that the pictures you see on social media are fake. <laughs> so please share this podcast with those who you believe are vulnerable because the only way we're going to stop them is to stop giving them our money. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast featuring the contributors of the City Press personal finance pages.